0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening.
1: Capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Boy, another gorgeous day. Just beautiful weather i hope everybody man appreciating this nice nice fall weather that we're getting this is this is not the norm i mean we've had a week or so of just really pleasant i have not had to run heat nor air for more than a week and that's amazing Uh, enjoy it while you can welcome in everybody the tuesday drive bill here in the studio dan is uh, going to be checking in with us, and he'll be heading over to the football practice viewing window as Auburn uh, getting ready to host Mississippi State, looking to pick up its first SEC one of the season, Auburn 0-4 in conference play after last week's uh, 28-21 loss to Ole Miss. So I think Dan will check in with us before he heads into the viewing window. Uh, so we, we will hope to hear from him. going to be a fun show today. It's Tuesday. That means the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, will be uh, joining us here in the studio. He will be in here in just a little while uh, for this hour. And then in hour number two, um, let's see, one thing, Jake Crane normally with us, unable to be with us today. I believe he's hopping a flight. We've gotten him a couple of times in the airport on the tarmac, as a matter of fact. But this time, he couldn't be with us. But, man, do we have a, a special um, surprise for you. Well, I think we mentioned it yesterday. It shouldn't be that big a surprise. Uh, Dan and I got a chance to speak with Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl a little earlier. Of course, they're at practice right now, um, so we couldn't do it during the show. But uh, Bruce, gracious—I mean, a busy, busy day for him—and uh, gracious enough to spend a few minutes with us. And we will run that for you in the five o'clock hour. In the meantime. Our phone lines are open. We'd love for you to join in. If you didn't get a chance to get through yesterday, give us your thoughts. I mean, now Auburn into the second half of the season and looking to snap a slide that that dates back. I posted this after the game. It wasn't fun or exciting to do, but uh, you know, a couple of other people have have uh, yeah uh, followed up as well that. Since Auburn's win on October 30th of 2021 over Ole Miss, Auburn 2-14 and 14 in SEC play, and that is the worst record in SEC, in the SEC, because Auburn had four SEC games left that season. Vandy had three. Vandy did go winless in the conference um, in, 20, in 21, but they only had three games left. So Vandy has gone 2-13, over that period of time, Auburn two and fourteen. So, uh, man, it it has been it has been rough. Tigers have played some close, but it ain't horseshoes. So, we'd love your thoughts on you know what what do you think? Do you think we see something different? I got a feeling we do this week. I think the the four game schedule that Auburn has just um, you know had to go through with the quality of the opposition and and a couple of them with, well, actually, the top three offenses statistically in the SEC. Um, Hugh Freeze made the decision, and he's talked about it throughout the year, and you could tell it wasn't something that he loved to do, but he made the decision to try to help the defense because of the lack of depth. Their defense has played well, but you look at it, and the, the defense has played very well Through the first 50 or 60 snaps, and then appears to wear down. And part of that is because of the lack of depth. So to try to help the defense, Auburn's been running that whatever offense that has been slower and, uh, you know, the uh, rotating quarterbacks. Now, I don't know that we're going to – I don't know you're going to not – I don't think you're just going to see one quarterback, but I think you'll see one quarterback more than the other. We'll just have to wait and see how that works out. But I would not be surprised if Auburn decides to go ahead and run a little more tempo. Um, Auburn has had more success running tempo than they have when it's been slower paced. So we will see because also you look at it and the next four games are against teams that have not been putting up great offensive numbers, you know, like Auburn. So maybe you can take some more chances doing that. Again, uh, we welcome your calls. But the first call we're going to take on the Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar, is Dan, who's checking in before he heads into practice. Dan, how you doing?
2: I'm I'm doing all right, Bill. I'm I'm real excited for people to hear uh, the Bruce Pearl interview in in hour number two. It, it's I mean I thought I thought Bruce he's. I mean, he's just the best, right? Like, Absolutely. It's so,
0: so easy to talk to him. Oh yeah, I mean, he uh, and and he, he, you always feel so comfortable. It makes you feel like you know you your your old friends and and have known each other for for years and years. But he was great as we uh, we talk about preparation for the season. Auburn's got a couple of opportunities coming up before they open the season officially uh, in in South Dakota against Baylor. They've got, of course, the exhibition game a week from tomorrow, where there are some standing room tickets for the exhibition against AUM. Now, no such luck for anyone, uh, at least any, any of us normal folks, because they have, uh, they have one of those secret scrimmages. There seems to be an awful lot of information coming out on some, some teams' secret scrimmages, Dan.
2: I don't know anything about this uh, secret <laughs> scrimmage that you're talking about. No, I'm talking about uh, from other
0: schools. I mean, it's funny. I think the Tuscaloosa News posted a box score of Alabama's secret. That wasn't so, the not-so-secret scrimmage.
2: Yeah, we, we live in an era where one of the best sources of information for college basketball is a Twitter account named Trilly Donovan. Right. Uh, who has been uh, sharing a lot of these secret scrimmage. He's also, I mean, he's great about knowing where recruits are headed in the portal. He's clearly plugged in in that world. He or she, I think it's an anonymous Twitter account, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, but then there's also, I, I assume the character of Trilly Donovan is a man. That's why I'm going with he. Yeah,
0: well, I, well, it's sort of because, I mean, it. it we remember, you know, of course, you know, everybody's familiar with Billy Donovan. So, so you would sure. think, you would think, yeah. That's,
2: but, my, that's my guess as well, but but the uh, but but some of the secret scrimmage information of late. I know the the rumor is that Ole Miss and Houston went down to the wire uh, in in a scrimmage, and uh, yeah, it does seem like more information is coming out. Maybe coaches feel comfortable, uh, or, or players, or people close to either one of those feel comfortable leaking the details of scrimmages to uh, uh, to, to members of the media.
0: I guess. I mean, and we'll hear Bruce. Um... Uh, you know, comment a little bit on that, but uh, but but yeah, we're we're looking forward to letting everybody hear the uh, conversation with Bruce. Now you're going to head out and check out practice here in in just a few minutes. Uh, I, I wonder. I mean, we've seen Auburn practice with tempos, so seeing Auburn do that today doesn't really mean anything. But I was just saying, I, I just feel like Auburn's going to change things up a little bit. That Hugh Freeze is ready to ready to do things a little bit differently offensively?
2: Well, I, I can't imagine that the plan against Ole Miss is, you know, that, that, it, that it looks it looks similar, although may, maybe it will. You know what I mean? I, I just have to, I have to think that it, it, we're reaching a point. I'd love to know where you are on this, Bill. I think we're reaching a point where Auburn needs to choose a quarterback and roll with him the majority of the time unless his performance necessitates him going to the bench. And And, and I would say right now, if, if I had to choose one or the other, I would go with Peyton Thorne because I think Peyton gives the team a more dangerous passing game and it backs defenses off a little bit more. The biggest run plays that Auburn has had in conference play this year have been with Peyton Thorne on the field, Peyton Thorne's 61-yard run against Georgia, Jarquez's touchdown against Ole Miss. I think there's a, there's a respect for the passing game with Peyton Thorne on the field that isn't there with Robbie. If you go with Robbie, I do not think you can run the ball 70 80% of the time because defenses will key on an offense that one-dimensional. You have to present the threat of the pass. And I think you have to present the threat of the pass to wide receivers, which pretty much has not happened with Robbie in conference play this year. I think most of his nine or ten attempts against power five teams this year are to running backs and tight ends. So if they go with Robbie, I just think you need more variety and you need something that, uh, that, that defenses will respect as multifaceted of uh, you know, I I would think that Peyton Thorn gives you more of a passing threat, but I just don't think you can you can run a, a a Peyton Thorne offense and a Robbie Ashford offense and expect real success.
0: Yeah, that was probably one of the more eye opening things that that Hugh Free said. Even though it seemed that way, um, you don't hear many coaches say, "Well, it's two different playbooks, one for Robbie, one for Peyton." Uh, so that 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 was a little surprising. I wish I had. The numbers here in front of me—I don't know how I could get them—but Auburn does seem to produce, you know, more um, big plays out of the running game when they can spread the defense. That makes sense, but I mean, you think the more we lately we've seen Robbie more and more in that in that power-heavy tight formation with with uh, two or three tight ends. And you know everybody close close in to the um, to the center, and and that, that draws the defense in closer as well. And Auburn hasn't been able to get outside that. So so yeah, we we will see. But but yeah. So um, so what's in the plan? What what are you looking for? Are you just looking to see? You know, I mean, there's no telling. I guess um, you want to want to make sure guys are healthy a little bit still. Still, you know, waiting to see if Javarius Johnson uh, is is going to be able to come back and, and be any of anything of a factor at all. I saw he was listed as having played two snaps last week. I must have missed him because I didn't notice him on the field.
2: Bill was, I believe, was um, was Robbie's interception an attempt to to, to Javarius? Maybe it was. Half?
0: Maybe it was. I think
2: I think that's right. I think that one of his two plays. Was the because the one of the one of the interceptions was a deep ball to Caleb, right?
0: Yes, that was the one that, uh, that Peyton, was, the one that Peyton threw that I'm still not sure was an interception, but yes,
2: right. I, I believe that the Robbie interception towards the end of the first half was one of his only attempts of the game to a wide receiver. I think it was that and the completion <clears> of Coy, right, were Robbie's two attempts to wide receivers on Saturday night, and the the interception. I, yeah I think that was. It was was Javarius Johnson out there, which was a, yeah, surprise to see. I think it might have been his first play of the game. And he was – Huh. Well, again, again, i
0: miss that. Again, according to the (coughs) – excuse me, according to the official stats, he played two snaps, so.
2: Yeah, so, 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 I mean, it's – I think, you know, seeing seeing how involved – although Vars seems pretty involved in practice on Tuesdays mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks, and it hasn't necessarily translated to a lot of playing time, anyone on defense – um, I, I would think Austin and Keontae. Right? And Keontae, like, yeah,
0: Keontae, really? Keontae was in for seventy-one snaps. That's a lot more than I ever yeah. expected him to be able to, to uh, you know, and, stand up to.
2: And didn't it seem like? Didn't it seem like maybe Nehemiah got banged up in the second half too?
0: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, uh, so, well, and that's I'll, because I'll be, up be until then he'd played every snap. K and Lee came in after Nehemiah went out.
2: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be watching for Nehemiah today.
0: Yeah, that's good. So, uh, hey,
2: and, and we heard a we heard a stat. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it might have been on. Uh, might have been on the morning show out, out of Birmingham. Bill, guy pointing out how well Mississippi State, how Mississippi State has not defended the
0: pass. Oh uh, my goodness! Well yeah, yes yeah, As a matter of fact, it was Matt Wyatt, the uh, uh, the the Prattville product, who was uh, who then played at Mississippi State. Now part of their broadcast crew, talking about that for four straight games. They allowed the opposition's quarterback to complete a career high percentage wise.
2: Yeah, it just seems to me like, again, not to harp on the quarterbacks, but I'm about to walk out there. And, and, and I would say, Bill, like, it, no matter which court, you know, I would encourage Auburn to go with a quarterback, you know, unless, unless you have to go to the bench
3: for a variety of
2: reasons. But, but plan on going with one quarterback, and whoever it is needs to throw the ball because Mississippi State has struggled to stop.
0: Yes, they uh, have
2: difficult to stop teams through the air and and it feels like an opportunity to maybe build some confidence and momentum with quarterbacks and receivers who stop me if i'm wrong bill desperately need confidence and momentum right now
0: absolutely this is the time to build it now. i mean the schedule this is the the opportunity everybody knew that the last four games would be very difficult of course everybody was, was was hoping that Auburn would be able to come, well, all Auburn people were hoping that Auburn would be able to come out with, um, you know, a win or two, but they have the opportunities now, and they need, they really, really need to win this one, lose this one at home, and it's a real uphill battle to try to get to 500 and being bowl eligible.
2: Right, and, and the frustration only builds, you know, with with within the program and, and all that stuff right. that goes along with. Losing with seemingly a game that you feel like you feel like you have a real chance of winning. Hey, give my give my best to Andy Burcham, uh, World, you know, world class job he's doing this year. Uh, and I'll uh, I'll see you in hour number two.
0: Sounds good, Dan. All right, we will get to our first break. Andy will be uh, joining us here in the studio. Uh, in just a little while. We'd love for you to join in as well. Let's go ahead and give you the info. We mentioned the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar Cafe. That number, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And the uh, text number, 334-564-1840. We'll get to our first break. Come on in here on the Tuesday Drive
1: attention large property owners and adventure seekers. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: And don't forget, text us on the Drive text box, 334 564 1840. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Another beautiful afternoon, <clears throat> and we welcome in the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Hello, in the hello. How are
4: you doing? Well, thank you. Gorgeous day.
0: It really is. We have. I said it a while ago. We we've been blessed with something that we don't always. Those buttons don't work. They're okay. Just, they're there. Wondering. They look good. They do. They look used good. to. You remember when they used to work? I've. I was never in this building. No, but this is the same board. Oh, I don't that know we had yeah, you're right, so yeah, you so remember, were they just not they connected that's right, okay, if you I mean, Terry hasn't had to, Terry's sort of busy well i mean I, I i've been I've been told if I wanted to wire them, they could probably do that, and it's like, well, I'll retire here before long, maybe I can do that they're good looking cough buttons. well, they are, they really are, um but uh we were we were talking and dan was was saying, you know that confidence is just something. It's it's hard to imagine, I mean with the struggles Auburn Auburn's had offensively that they have a lot of confidence. Boy, it would be good if Auburn could get off to a a quick start and and you know, do a couple of things offensively. I don't know how easy that's going to be. Mississippi State looks like they're getting better defensively.
4: I agree. I mean, when you go to Arkansas and I listen, I know that Arkansas just fired his offensive coordinator. But that was an Arkansas team that had the preseason All SEC quarterback on it,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and when you go there and you score seven points and still win and hold Arkansas to three, uh, you and, can, and, and
0: it wasn't because of weather. No,
4: no, no, no. It was a beautiful day. in I mean, Fayetteville. There,
0: there have been some there have been some nasty,
4: yes. nasty weather in of oh, fact. Oh yes, but. Yes, State's offense, and, and they are led right in the middle of that offense with their linebackers. Mm-hmm. Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson are absolute studs. Isn't,
0: isn't Watson from Maplesville?
4: Uh, he um, is. Yes, Watson's I, from Maplesville. I remember his name from yeah. a few years ago. He's a grad student. Yes. And Johnson's from Tupelo. Uh, Johnson, a year ago, led the SEC with 115 tackles. He has 77 this year. Watson, the SEC Player of the Week, has 71 tackles this season, and he's averaging 10 tackles a game. So they are led by those Mm -hmm. two guys in the middle of those linebackers. But talking with both Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne today, they both talked about how big and long State is, especially in the back, in the secondary, uh, and independent of each other. Huh. In talking with both of them today. But, but they both have well, a That's had the something, obviously, that
0: film has uh, been drilled exactly. into them on film.
4: Exactly. Well, I mean, their corners, their starting corners uh, DeCarlos Nicholson is 6'3, DeCameron Richardson is 6'2. Wow, that, is, is, that is a lot of length. Which is unusual corners. Uh, they have a center in Corey Ellington that's 6'3, and then the other two, Marcus Banks and Sean Preston, are both six foot. So that is their back five mm-hmm. uh, of this secondary. Um, And listen, they've always been very physical up front. Oh, yes. And they have a defensive-minded coach now in Zach Arnett. I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing a different style offense Mm -hmm. for Will Rogers if he plays on Saturday and this team. So I think they're much more defensive-minded, even though Arnett was part of the program a year ago and took over, of course, when Mike Leach passed away. But I think this is much more of a defensive-minded team than it was under Mike Leach.
0: Yeah, it's something along the lines of what we were talking about. What we've heard from from Coach Freeze yeah. as you know, trying to protect the defense. And when you're, I'm sure when you're a defensive coach, you're you don't want your guys out there just getting worn out. And they're trying to uh, make that change. Matt, uh, um, excuse me. I, I was thinking, yeah, Matt Wyatt, I was talking about a while ago. I heard him talking about the Mississippi State pass defense you're talking about their size but they had a stretch of four straight games where they gave up uh, where the where the opponent completed over 70 and a couple of times over 80% of their passes so uh, i wonder they're, if they're playing loose they're
4: they're 10th in the league in pass defense at 237 yards a game they are 8th in rushing defense at 127 yards per ball game they're better at stopping the run mm-hmm. than they are the pass in spite of the length Right, that the two Auburn quarterbacks, but we're also talking about an Auburn passing attack that is dead last in the Southeastern Conference. They've got to be looking their chops coming in here Saturday.
0: Yeah, this is a game where where Auburn's got to Auburn's got to find a way to at least have them not just be overplaying and knowing that they don't have to worry about exactly. the pass.
4: And and State comes in; they've won two in a row against Auburn. The game here two years ago was. Shocking! It was it was mind numbing. It, it, it could not have changed quicker and more complete. You're absolutely right. From the start of that game, almost to the end of the second quarter, but Auburn gave up that touchdown just at the, end of the half. Second quarter. Yep. And then it was completely state. What was it? Thirty five straight. Game. And I don't think Auburn. I don't think Brian Harson's team ever recovered from that game. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Auburn was six and two. Had, ranked, had, ranked in the top 15. Had, had won at Arkansas, had won at home against Ole Miss, although you were like, mm, still won the game. Right. And then lost that game. And boy, it just went downhill from there and continued until he was done at Auburn. And then a year ago, Auburn, Mississippi State was Cadillac's first game as the interim head coach. Mm-hmm. And Auburn goes and falls, what, 24 to 6, comes back, forces overtime, still has a chance to win the game and loses that game in overtime. So the the last two games for Auburn against State, you know, both have been rather close games, both times Auburn's had chances. Oh yes. But Auburn has come away with losses in both of the last two games against State.
0: And now they have them here for the 230 game on Saturday and uh, boy that just I uh, hope Auburn is healthy. You just ha- have to be a little concerned when, you know, when when you're on a slide like this just of Confidence and you know, being able to feel sure that you can get things done.
4: I do think Connor Lou will get the start at center. We talked with him. We talked with him today. He Mm -hmm. basically said he's starting, at least that is Yeah. Well,
0: Hugh said yesterday it was doubtful. Yeah. yeah, Avery was doubtful.
4: Um, I think Auburn is a little more healthy because we saw Keontae Scott and Austin Keys both play and play well. Saw Keontae play a lot, and and both are now listed as starters. If you Mm -hmm. notice the depth chart, both are now listed as starters. Saturday, I feel better about the defense this week than I did going into last week because we still didn't know if Keontae and or Austin would even play this week.
0: I l- haven't looked at the depth chart for today. Is Nehemiah still listed as a starter? Because I was a little worried. You know, he, he went down. Uh, I, I believe and,
4: he's still listed as the starter, yes. Okay.
0: Hopefully, you know, hopefully he's good to go as well.
4: Right. Uh, so, I, I feel – I. I feel better about this Auburn defense going in. Now, what quarterback are you going to see? Right. And Will Rogers got off to such a slow start with
0: the change of offense. Right. He looked like he was getting more comfortable before he went down with the
4: injury. He went down with the injury, and apparently it was a, it was a collarbone. He did not play last week. Mm-hmm. Mike Wright, who transferred to state from Vanderbilt. Remember, he was, Vandy's, he was one of Vandy's representatives a, a year ago yeah. at Media Days. Uh, he went eight of twelve for eighty five yards, a touchdown and a pick last week against Arkansas. That that's pretty efficient but, but that's all I they thought, needed. Right. You know, I mean he kind of, they kind of managed the game and mm-hmm. their defense was supreme against Arkansas. So do you get Will Rogers, who has been very good against Auburn in his career, granted it was in the Mike Leach offense of the last two years. The guy still has astounding numbers. No kidding. At Mississippi State, astounding numbers. So, do you get do you get Will Rogers or do you get Mike Wright? You've got. To, I don't. You, you've you've got to be, be prepared ready for, for both. both. Absolutely, yep. no question.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, this this appears to be boy an, uh, an old time, old school, you know, defensive, rock'em sock'em type game, but. I mean it, it,
4: it is to a certain degree bill, but you look at the stats and they're loaded at wide receiver, they list tight ends on their depth chart, neither tight end even has a catch. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they have a target <laughs> uh they're blockers right when they're in the game. they have not thrown to their tight end for a completion this season. It is all of the 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 wide receivers and they throw a good bit to jacorius marks uh Jucuvius marks out of the backfield as well
0: yeah they now they're one thing that it seems like for years you could count on Mississippi State's going to have, they're going to have a big line, right. and they're going to have some powerful backs.
4: And their line is very experienced. Johnson at left tackle, 22 starts. J- Jones at left guard, making his 20th start. Cole Smith at center, making his 35th start. Stephen Lasoya the third at right guard, his 31st start. Mm. And Cameron Jones, the right tackle, is making his 39th consecutive start. Wow, so they've all been
0: starting Very for, a, this is a couple of years plus, well, into their third years. LaSoya
4: I mean. has transferred in from Middle Tennessee, so some of his starts came mm-hmm. playing for Middle Tennessee, but they've all been starters for a long time up front for Mississippi State.
0: Yeah, challenge for the Auburn defensive front. In,
4: indeed, and we still have not seen this Auburn defensive front other than, other than Marcus Harris put consistent pressure in the backfield right Uh, you still have to bring somebody for the most part to do that all right continue to do that against Mississippi State this week I'll tell you what to me the one guy that has kind of started to emerge and I'm not sure many of us thought that he would this much is Marcus Harris in the middle he has been fun to watch he really has His stats in the middle of Auburn's line and that's not, a, that's not a spot where you get Numbers, tons no. of tackles behind the line of scrimmage and sacks. But that's what Marcus Harris is doing for Auburn.
0: He's also, he's so versatile. I mean, I see him sometimes, though, lined up at end. I mean, he's, he's a guy that can you're play right. no, you're right. multiple
4: spots and play them all very well. Seven and a half tackles for loss and four sacks. And he leads Auburn in both categories. And, of course, he's listed as a defensive tackle. Yeah. I like watching him play ball. No question. Andy Burcham with me here
0: in the studio. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Hey, we'd love for you to join in 334 321 as we continue here with the Tuesday Drive.
1: Tech on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Andy Burcham, got Drew at the controls, and we have Terry on the phone. Hey, Terry. Hey, good afternoon, Bill. Hello,
5: Andy. Hello, Terry. Um, do you guys – I know I find myself not, – I'm not a Mississippi State sympathizer or anything, but I feel kind of sorry for Will Rogers because here's a guy that was fixing to be a high draft pick and do some things in the pros and the unfortunate untimely death of Coach Leach and being stuck with Zach Garnett, who's a defensive-minded coach. Just not showing – I think he's going to get lucky with a good team that needs a quarterback at some point. I really I really believe that.
0: Sort of interesting. I mean, last year <sighs> – he he definitely could have gone last year, but um, the word was the, the scouting reports were that he wouldn't be drafted very high, if at all. So, I mean, maybe he felt he needed to come back and, and try to prove something with an offense. A lot of times that that Mike Leach type offense um, quarterbacks get, they don't get credit because it's the system is what is what a lot of folks will think. So I think that Will wanted to come back and, and figure that it would be a little bit of a different offense and show what he could do. And now, of course, he's dealing with an injury.
5: Well, it's definitely more of a pro-set offense, which is, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's as his wheelhouse, but hey, it's more for what he's going to be in the NFL if he makes the NFL. I thought he had a better age, for example, quite honestly. Um, and he's part of the defense, because I, I don't worry about the defense at all. I worry about the offense. Uh, because uh, can, can they score enough points? I don't I don't know if Mississippi like offensively. They do more.
0: I think we lost Terry. Terry, if you get a chance, give us a call yeah. back.
4: Uh, well, listen, I, I, the, the concern all season has been the offense. Sure. Um, now, I, I think we probably talked a little more defense the last three games because coming into this one, you were facing the top three offensive teams in the SEC at that time, Georgia at LSU and Ole Miss. I thought Auburn did Yeoman's work against both Georgia and Ole Miss. Both mm-hmm. of those games were at Jordan-Hare. The LSU game got away from Auburn, and, and in the second half, Auburn just didn't have an answer for that LSU offense when they scored four touchdowns on four drives right. and, and, and put that game away. Um, so, but at, at some point, the offense has to, to improve. Auburn, and, 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 and if there was one, if there was a ray of, of hope coming out of last week, it was Jarquez. No question. 90, 91 yards. He, he had looked 50th, like Jarquez yeah, Hunter. He did. And for whatever reason you can pick that, that he hasn't been the, that Jarquez, whether it was the offseason stuff and it just took him a while or it looks like he's been hobbled a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but, but he looked like Jarquez last week. If we continue to see that kind of Jarquez Hunter, that will help Auburn's offense, whatever form it is, whatever quarterback right. it
0: is. Auburn just needs they, – they need to find ways to be able to put together a few first downs. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's been, there have been too many three and outs, regardless of, you know, who's been under – or oh, I shouldn't say under center, who's been behind center. There have been too many three and outs. Auburn needs to be able to sustain some. They have talent at uh, running back that, you know, when you're only getting 50 or 60 snaps a game – People wonder, well, why didn't so and so get the ball more? Well, you have to be out there for more plays. Um, I mean, nobody got an inordinate number of snaps last week, but you've got to be getting first downs to get more snaps.
4: Let me go back to, to Terry's first question with regard to Will Rogers in the NFL. And I, I'm not saying he won't be a good quarterback in the NFL, but he, he, he has 11, he almost has 12,000 yards, mm-hmm. passing yards. With 1,264 completions. He's averaging about 9.4 yards per completion. Dink, 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 dink. Yeah. And it's it's and, very and effective. I, exactly. I'm not saying that that should work against him, but it may. Right. With regards Scouts to the Scouts want to see, can you game. get the ball down the field? Can you zip it right. into the tight
0: windows? Now,
4: he also has 92 touchdowns. Yeah, really? I don't care how, how long that is. That's 92 touchdowns.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... That's, that's, that's a lot more than most, most teams' all-time leaders ever had. I mean, he's up there in the all-time records 15, of the Southeastern Conference.
4: He has 15, 300-plus-yard games in his career as a quarterback. I mean, his numbers are unbelievable. And that included 38 straight starts until last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we will see if he's back.
0: I, uh, I heard I mentioned Matt Wyatt a little while ago. Heard him talking, and he didn't seem to have any idea whether I, Will would play well, or not. And
4: I listened to Zach Garnett yesterday. He was pretty tight-lipped about he did not commit one well, way no or the there's no reason other. to say, sure. even if they know. Sure. You, they, they want Auburn to prepare for two different quarterbacks this week.
0: I think we have Terry back with us. Sorry about that, Terry. I don't know what happened. We just uh, lost I'm, you in mid-conversation.
4: Uh, my cell phone died. That's oh. not this
5: <laughs> I forgot to charge it last night. Technology is not perfect, <laughs> especially when there's human error involved. Yep. But I just, Andy, I was just saying that, that, you know, I've seen every team run up and down the field on, on LSU this year, and Auburn struggled to get to 18 points and didn't get to 300 yards offense against that team. So the offensive side of the ball is what I'm worried about. I guess I'm the pessimistic fan there. And, I, I, and Ole Miss ain't no world beater on defense either.
4: No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I, I think it will, I'm not sure that this offense is going to ever get to the point we thought it would mm-hmm. this season. But it must be, and, get and, better and, than it has yes, been. Yes, agreed. But I also think we've, we had high expectations because of the head coach and because of Philip Montgomery and what they had done with offenses in the past. And, and it's, and it's so gonna... much easier than
0: taking the numbers that someone has at different places yeah. and go, now they'll do them here. Uh, it didn't, and, didn't work that
4: way. And I do think that we're going to see this in the future. It just may not be this mm-hmm. season. So I understand yeah, what you're saying, we're
5: right where we said we were going to be. We had a chance to win four in a row, and and we can make our season by beating Alabama if we can bar the horseshoe they have stuck up their rear end. Um, <laughs> you know, they, 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 don't tell me that 7-5, Hugh Freeze goes 7-5 his first year. That's a, a very successful first year.
0: No question. No question and, at And all. you
5: got like to sort of like the way recruiting you is. You've got to win
0: this one to do that, though.
5: I think you've got to win. It's, oh, it's no, the no, biggest this, game of the year because it's the
4: next one. This is enormous. This is an enormous game on Saturday.
5: Appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care. Appreciate take
4: care. the call, Terry. Glad you
0: got a little charge back into the phone there. JT, you're up next. Go hey, ahead.
6: Hey, good afternoon, Bill and Andy. Hey, JT. Hey, had not said that in a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just uh, started listening, and y'all may have already touched on this, but um, Andy, this question's for you. Have, have they not tried to uh, utilize the Jackson kid? He's a big kid. He is a big kid,
4: and, and he has – about the only time you see Sean Jackson on the field is kickoff return at this point, and he's the other guy other than Brian Battee that's back.
0: Yeah, I think he's mainly there to be the our, lead blocker uh, for Brian if, yes. if, they, if they get it right.
4: We, we, you, you see him every once in a while in the game, but no, to this point, other than – the early games, the non-conference mm-hmm. early games. No, we've not seen him. And
0: it's yeah, there are a lot of people that have mentioned that Andy, and it's it's almost like when you were talking about tight ends with uh, with Mississippi State. Sean's not a fullback, but he's more that fullback type body that people think. Well, just why not just line him up at fullback? Well, one of the reasons is you're not under center. Uh, so it 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 is interesting though. I mean, because we heard. That he was really tough to
4: tackle in short yardage during the fall practices. I've, I've seen him in some practices, and he is—he's not an easy guy to bring down. I yeah. think he has some some positives for Auburn. I just I, think he's playing in a in a room where you've got a Jarquez Hunter, Brian Petit, and you know. How long till we see Demaryius Austin? Now that's I don't know. something that's good I, question. that that yeah. didn't get asked of Coach Freeze. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Well, I—I'll I'll just say this real quick, and I'll hang up. But. I, I was just it'd be nice if you had a short yarded situation where you were third and one and you needed, you had to get the first down, put him in and let him bulldoze his way through the line. You know, he's, you know, I'm
4: just saying. Sure. But, Auburn, Auburn, hey, is, Auburn is seven of 15. Thank on you, fourth, JT. Yeah. Auburn is seven of 15 on fourth downs this year. Auburn needs to be better than that. Yeah. on fourth. Down. Yeah.
0: Ole Miss came in 12 for 16 and was what? Two for three again. Right. So, uh, what, hey, what do you think? Somebody asked this the other day. Um, I know it used to be against the rules. Is the, is the, is the push that the Eagles do, guess, is that illegal in college I, any, anymore? I don't know if it is. I don't see people doing it. But you wonder about that. I mean, that used to be illegal.
4: Well, I mean, you, you remember USC-Notre Dame. That's, that was where it came to a head. Yes. With what Matt Leinart is. That's how long ago that's been. Um. So I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I
0: just, I just wonder. I mean, because I haven't seen anybody trying that in college yeah. on, uh, on the fourth and
4: shorts. All right. Um, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. One more. We yeah. did see something a little bit different on Auburn's second touchdown the other night. The second running touchdown, Jarquez. Oh, the direct snap? Exactly. With, where, where Thorne lines up as the quarterback and then goes to the wide receiver spot in the set. Yeah. That, that was new. And And that worked. It did work, yes.
0: Yeah, I liked that. I did too. All right, we'll get to that final break. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390 here on the Tuesday Drive.
1: Nice. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of our number one final segment with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Bertram here in the studio. And let's get back to the phones. The drive hotline sponsored by Skybar Cafe, 334-321-1390. And Jones is
4: up next. Hey, Jones.
3: Hey, Bill and Andy. How are you?
4: Hello, Jones. How are you
3: today? Great. Andy, a uh, question for you before I go on to my point. Is Auburn the only stadium? in college football that has the play by play guy not on the fifty yard line.
4: Uh they're the only ones that I know of right now where we're in the corner. Uh, we're not necessarily and, on the fifty, but we're on the sidelines.
3: I mean uh, I, I can tell it, it it bothers me. Does it bother you to be in that position?
4: It's it makes it tougher. It's a disadvantage. It makes it tougher, sure.
3: Okay. Just 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 had that and I'll tell you I enjoy uh, jason campbell's comments during the when he says things like man he's got to get rid of that ball he cannot <laughs> do this does he ever have a chance to talk to thorn
4: i don't know that's a good question um you know he, well, he's he, got he, some
3: he, very he, keen insights yeah. to the way the quarterback position should be played
4: agreed he's been there done that
3: exactly and knows the consequences uh, he's, he's, that's he's right bringing a, he's bringing a nice touch to color i really enjoy him good Good. Uh, I'm glad to hear Stan, that. But y'all are doing a good job. My my point is, getting back to what I said yesterday on another show, uh, they need to go with Thorne full-time, put Robbie to the Cody Burns pasture and let him be a receiver because the, the sample size with Robbie as a quarterback being able to play all facets of the position is over. Let Thorne be the guy where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder, and you will get better play and better continuity out of that offense. I'm firmly convinced but they're not going to listen
4: to me. We'll find out what they do at quarterback. And I'm, I'm not not—I'm not trying to disagree with you, Jones. I just don't know what, what they're going to do.
0: I can understand. I mean, I understand why uh, if you don't have one that you feel like can do everything and you have uh, certain things that one can do and that the other can, that that you want to try to get the best out of both. But I can see – I understand exactly what you're saying, though, Jones, is that either one – feeling like, well, yes, but when we get to this point, I'm going to be coming out, so you may press even more. So it, it, can, it can be very difficult either way.
3: Well, in this case, we're, we're being consistently inconsistent, <laughs> and all we're doing is letting these defensive coordinators just lick their chops. I mean, obviously, Robbie's got skills. He's not an SECer, of, you know, quarterback. He, he's not in the echelon that Auburn needs for this team. The fact of the matter is, if they, if he's a quarterback full-time like many Auburn fans want, the defensive coordinators are going to just put the guys in the box that can stop it, dare Robbie to throw and We cannot win with Robbie in that, under those conditions. I'm sorry to say because I love the guy. It needs to be Thorn moving forward, and let's, let's go ahead and do it, and uh, hopefully Hugh's listening. Right, Hugh? Hey, thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, I think there I think the the viewing window is just wrapping up. So I I doubt that he had the headphones in. He's usually busy. He's usually on the phone he's recruiting on the phone a lot. When when I mean I I don't know that I have I don't know that I've seen him for more than like 10 minutes anytime when he's not when recruiting isn't a part of it.
4: He told us last week on on Thursday night on Tiger Talk that, that it's the most that he has recruited, I think. From a week-to-week basis and a game-by-game And my basis. goodness, he,
0: he's, he's recruited well in the past,
4: too. He has. And all indications are he's recruiting pretty well right now. Absolutely. It's just the talent level. And I love these kids, all right? I'm def- I will defend this team, but they've got to get better. Mm-hmm. They've got to be better. Well, they, need, they need more help. Yes. And I think he's doing just that. Oh, ab-
0: absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, you, you mentioned Tiger Talk. Uh, what what's what's coming up on Tiger Talk this week and what's the plan for the, uh, for yeah. the weekend?
4: We are at uh, Baumhauer's Victory Grill again. Get there early for a parking spot and a booth no or kidding. a table. It is a packed house and delicious food, obviously, at Baumhauer's. Coach Freeze right off the top of the show. We will be talking with Jay Fair and Jalen McLeod this week, the Auburn players, plus Coach Jay, Johnny Harris, women's basketball coach, will join us Thursday night on Tiger Talk. Among our guests on Saturday, and we're, we will be – on the stage, on the east side of Jordan-Hare Stadium, across from CAM, mm-hmm. and the student entrance, uh, we, uh, and we're there at 1130, Lee Gross is going to be joining us. Gabe's father Dad, uh-huh. uh, is, of course, a former Auburn football player, NFL football player, because uh, he didn't play baseball in the NFL, Andy. Uh, Lee Gross is going to be- <laughs> <laughs> Or any other sport. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of one of those goofy things. Uh, Lee Gross is going to be joining us. Uh, our, our campus spotlight is with Alabama Cooperative Service on Saturday. Let's see who else I, we're working on. Eli Stove uh, oh, to, to join us. Uh, it will be
0: it will it will be a, an entertaining show. Always is entertaining uh, and informative.
4: Yes, we are. We're almost full, and and sometimes we go till Friday before we have a full show. Uh, Johnny Harris is going to join us as well. Okay. And 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 one of the players, uh, one of the women's basketball players is going to join us. And we will talk with someone, one of the Auburn students. That was word I was missing it. One of the student athletes with On to Victory basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, so one of the basketball players who's part of On to Victory at Auburn will be joining us as well on the stage.
0: Always great. Andy, it Thank really oh, always uh, great to have you back in My the pleasure. studio too. My pleasure. All right, we are halfway done. Again, we have... Uh, an interview with Bruce Pearl coming up in hour oh, number I two. Can't wait for that. Dan will be back and give us his thoughts on the football viewing window and more of your phone calls in hour number two. That's going to uh, well, we're halfway done. That's not. It's going to do it for this hour. There I am. Yeah, <laughs> getting a hurry, Bill. <laughs> back with the second hour of the Tuesday Drive.
1: Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email thedrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome in, hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Drew here in the studio. Dan will be joining us at some point here in hour number two. The media had another viewing window today. It's one thing that every week, every, uh, every, uh, except for the off week, obviously, the media has had an opportunity to watch some of practice, watch 20 or 30 minutes or so of practice. We'll get Dan's thoughts and analysis of what he saw over there at practice as the Tigers look to bounce back from that 28-21 28-21 loss to Ole Miss, and now take on Mississippi State this Saturday over at Jordan Hare Stadium. A two-thirty kick on the SEC Network, and uh, um, we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get Dan's thoughts on that. Want to let you know we also have an interview. Dan and I were fortunate to be able to spend a little time with Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl this morning. We will run that for you at the bottom of the hour. That's normally where we have. Jake Crane, but Jake hopping a plane to somewhere and unavailable this afternoon. So that opens up a nice window and absolutely thrilled to uh, be able to fill that with uh, about a 15, 20-minute interview with Bruce Pearl. We'd love for you to join in while we're waiting for Dan to rejoin us. Anything on your mind in the world of sports, where we have half the World Series set as the Texas Rangers last night just jumped all over the Astros, and won, was 11-4 the final, or 11-3? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, quite frankly, once it got to 10-2, I, I decided I could catch up on a few other things last night, but uh, a very different series. I don't know that we've ever seen a seven-game series in which the home team did not win one game. Because that's the way it went. Remember, the Rangers won the first two in Houston. Felt like they're going to go home and wrap that thing up in Arlington. And then lost all three in Arlington. And you had to feel like, well, uh, here we go. The Astros, the defending world champs, are going to be back. And no, uh, Texas wins them both, including in a decisive fashion last night. So the Rangers in the World Series, we will have the sixth straight different world champion. This will be six teams in six years to win the World Series. On the other side, game 7 tonight in Philadelphia, that series for the first five games went with the home team. Um no, it was the first four games because the Phillies the Phils won game 5 in Arizona to stop that and now the Diamondbacks are hoping that they can keep the trend going. They want it to be the first four home team, the last three road team, because the Diamondbacks come back and win last night 5-1. Excellent performance by Merrill Kelly last night. And tonight it is a rematch of your game three starters with the Ranger Suarez for the homestanding Phillies. Brandon Fott, the rookie who pitched so well um, for the Diamondbacks, here in Game 7. Of course, short leash, this is everybody who, you know, can throw will be available for Game 7 tonight as the winner there will take on the Rangers in the 2023 World Series. Love to hear from you, anything you want to talk about if you didn't get a chance to get your thoughts in about the Auburn Ole Miss game, your thoughts about Auburn-Mississippi State. I have not had a chance to hear uh, some of the interviews from today, players made available, including both Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. so I think that's interesting. I think that tells you a little bit about what Hugh Freeze and the coaching staff feels about their two guys. They can send them out there if you're worried about um, you know one of them complaining about the other or playing time you wouldn't send you wouldn't send one or maybe. Either of them out there, but both of them met with the media earlier today. We'll have to wait and see. It's just from a couple of the comments that I read. Doesn't seem like there's going to be a complete change or a shift to one guy getting almost all of the snaps. Both of them still talking about the packages that they've been working on and looking to get better at doing what they've been called on to do. So We'll see. I know that's probably, not, that's probably not what a lot of fans wanted to hear. The, you know, Regardless of which side you're, you're pulling for, which quarterback you think should be the one out there getting the bulk of the playing time, still sounds like we're going to see them split. And by the way, this past week against Ole Miss was the closest it's been as far as even number of snaps between the two. All right, the number to get you through to the drive, love for you to join in on the uh, the drive hotline presented by Skybar, and that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number is 334-564-1840. Let's, uh, we'll go ahead and get to the phone, and Alan gets us started this hour. Hey, Alan. Hey, Bill. Um,
6: listen I- I don't know if I believe the um, the reasoning behind uh, the coach's oh changes on offense due to his defense. I mean, they gave up 14 points right off the bat against Ole Miss. They weren't tired. That was just bad defense.
0: You're right. Early on, well, Ole, Ole Miss is an explosive offense, and they yeah. yeah they hit some big plays right off the bat. You're right. First and, two series. And
6: then LSU, they were fresh. They gave up 17 points again. That's just bad defense. That's not being tired, not being worn down by the offense. I I don't know. I mean, I know I know it's true, but I I don't think he can use Ole Miss as as a as a reason as for for that. I mean, I know they were tired, but they didn't score anymore.
0: Oh no, no. Uh, but but I think the feeling is if they if they just took chances and were um, were three and out in less than a minute. Yeah. But it would be more. It would be more possessions. I think what they're trying to do is limit possessions. Now, one of the things uh, I mentioned this last week, my younger son had asked me, um, you know, why not? Why don't you? Why don't you just go out with the same personnel and run the clock? But that's one of the things that Hugh Freeze talked about yesterday. He likes substituting personnel. When you do that, then the defense gets a chance to sub, so it sort of uh, hurts that effect. And I guess maybe they don't feel confident enough. In 11 guys to keep them out there for a sustained period of time. Huh.
6: Oh, well, I mean, uh,
0: it's a struggle. No question about yeah. it. Yeah, All right. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, Alan. Yeah. I mean, don't think that I, I guarantee you, Hugh Freeze and Phillip Montgomery and all the offensive coaches are trying to come up with, with something to, uh, to, you know, create some spark, uh, you know, create yards and points. I mean, that's, that's something that like, like uh, coach free said yesterday, he's never been through. He's never been through a situation like this in his career uh, where he's had game after game after game where the offense just struggles and really, really struggles back to the phone. We go. And John is up next. Hey, John.
7: Hey Bill. Uh, I was going to say, uh, last year uh, Robbie was a serviceable quarterback. He wasn't Joe Montana or anything, but he was, you know, he threw to uh, Shanker was John Shamming. <laughs> Shanker was wide open and set the uh, career record for uh, receptions, I believe. And uh, mm-hmm. so I don't understand why they were reluctant to let Robbie throw at all.
0: Well, it sure yeah, it sure appears that they that there's there's not a whole lot of comfort in him throwing uh downfield much except for deep passes. I mean it it's uh it's pretty much been tight ends or uh flares to the backs with the exception of a couple of deep passes. And regardless
7: if you want to go uh slow or tempo, I, I do believe that the, we need to quit the hokey pokey with a quarterback. I believe that does uh affect the the rhythm with all the players. It's got and, to
0: uh,
7: so but that's just I mean but like I said uh, Robbie was a serviceable quarterback last year. I mean, you can go back and watch the film when well, I said he wasn't making all the throws, but he was capable of making the uh, five, ten, fifteen-yard intermediate throws. So I, I just don't don't understand why they're reluctant to. Uh, I don't know. And you you can have the same mess next year if you don't pick a quarterback. You're going to go back. Well, they're both coming back, right?
0: They both can absolutely.
7: So, that's just kicking the can down the road.
0: Yeah, you would think that. Uh... It would be beneficial to all to uh, to to just decide on one and stick with it.
7: So, uh, when is the exhibition the the basketball? on ne-
0: um, next Wednesday. They've next got Wednesday. they've got that they've got one of those secret scrimmages, and Bruce sort of laughed about that when we uh, when I mentioned that to him today. But yeah, the the exhibitions next Wednesday, and there's some uh, there's some tickets available. Now I've got a pair. All right, so. good deal. Yeah, I do too. All right, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the call, John. 334-321-1390. 3, 3, 3, 1, Who we have next? Matt. Matt is up next. Hey Matt.
6: Hey, um just gonna add my two cents to the game. I tried to call in yesterday, a lot of folks calling in I suppose, but mm-hmm. didn't get to listen to it all. But um my feeling is you know, I think the coaches see what we maybe at practice and I, I happen to disagree with the, the previous caller. We had a really good view of what Robbie Asher could do last year and he had a couple of good games and had a couple of big plays, but I, I think move going into this year, we all sort of knew that he was not going to be, or probably unless he'd made a big jump, uh, the quarterback, but this is to me what seven and five looks like six and six. We knew going in, it was going to be hard. We got a coaching staff that didn't recruit half the players and a lot of them transfers that were not getting playing time elsewhere, or playing at a lower level. And, um, you know, this is what Florida State went through. They're after three years doing better. Same with Oklahoma. We're just gonna have to, uh, you know, we got now. Having said that, the real pressure is now because we, if they don't win three or of uh, four of the next games, then there really with, will be some head scratching because we should be favored in those games. Yep. We have the equal or better talent in those games.
0: And it starts and, this Saturday. I mean, Auburn's a touchdown favorite right. this Saturday. It's at home uh you, you know you don't know if Will Rogers is going to be able to go for Mississippi State if you lose this one it's hard to have confidence you're going to win you know any conference games
6: right and you know our defense has stepped up i know you know we're giving up some points but still um the, the next few games we should be able to hopefully win 24-14 or maybe get a defensive score but or an uh, some type of of extra points on special teams but Anyway, I, I know everybody's upset. At least they're playing hard. At least the coaches are identifying that where problems are. I just think, uh, you know, the talent is at the point where it's going to take a couple of years to get there. That's my two cents. Thanks for
0: taking my call. Appreciate the call, Matt. We're, and I don't know that we talked about this on the air, but just uh, talking um, off the air with with uh, some folks that 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 cover Auburn and just uh, some some people that have followed Auburn for a lo- for football for a long time. There are a couple of things to consider. I mean, uh, and and maybe a little surprising to folks that Robbie Ashford, I believe Dan was looking this, Dan was checking this earlier. I think Robbie's longest run in conference play is around 11 or 12 yards, and it's because when he's in, defense is key so much on him. Um, That is why where a running back could come in really handy, but it makes it more difficult. Like like Matt was saying, um, I mean, with Robbie, you're gonna ne- there needs to be the threat of a pass or something to be able to allow him the freedom to be able to create plays with his legs. And that's probably why Peyton, despite the sacks, Peyton's been sacked a good amount of time, but he's still averaging almost the exact same yards per carry. And remember, in college football, Sacks count against rushing. They don't count against passing. Or my goodness, what Auburn's passing numbers be. I mean, they're they're bad, bad as it is. But just think what they'd be if sacks came off. But Peyton is averaging almost as much per carry and has multiple runs longer than Robbie's longest have been. And it's because there's more concern about the pass, even though it hasn't been an outstanding passing game. So those are the things that are concerns. There needs to be, you know, the ability... For Peyton to move when, when he's in there, he needs to be able to throw, but he needs to be able to complete some passes. But when Robbie's in, there hasn't been. And that's why, you know, a couple of callers ago, uh, the caller was saying uh, that John was saying, you know, Robbie needs to throw it more. And I, I don't disagree with either one of those. If Robbie's going to be the quarterback, he needs to throw it. If Peyton's going to be the quarterback, then I think they need to go up tempo. But, you know, we're not making the calls. All right, Dan should be joining in in just a little while. We need to get to our first break. Don't forget, coming up the bottom of the hour, our interview with Bruce Pearl as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive.
3: Hi, this is Jessica Venturi, Lee County District Attorney. Hundreds of car break-ins were reported across Lee County last year. with Bill Cameron
1: and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive 19 minutes after five o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon, Dan on his way said he's a couple of minutes out. He did text in, uh, updating and correcting. Yeah. That Robbie had an 18 yard touchdown run against Georgia. Of course, that's uh, the that same game that, uh, Peyton had a 61 yard run, right? But yeah, Robbie's longest runs 18 and Dan with a, this is a surprising statistic for you. I'm sure Robbie versus the power five. 29 carries for 112 yards, 3.86 yards per carry. Teams, that's the thing. Teams are overplaying Robbie to keep the ball. So you have to do some other things. There has to be something off of that. That has to free somebody up. There should be, you know, someone, either a receiver or another guy that could get the ball and be able to create something if Robbie's, you know, uh, if and when Robbie's in the ball game, all right. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Again, Dan should be in in a few minutes, and then at the bottom of the hour, we have an interview with Auburn coach, Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl, whose Tigers will play yes, an exhibition next Wednesday against AUM. You ticket holders, season ticket holders, should have gotten your tickets a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that uh, that that should be in your package there. It is next Wednesday. There are some standing room tickets available and saw that there are a few standing room tickets available for some of the other non-conference games. Uh, so Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Um, there are a few games, not many. So you probably should go to the, um, the Auburn Athletics website or, or aubticks.com and see if you can, Pick up tickets if you're looking for tickets to any of those games because everything else is sold out. So, yeah, our interview with uh, Bruce Pearl coming up. The media viewing window done, and uh, we'll, we'll get Dan's thoughts on that. I thought it was interesting reading some of the comments from Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford earlier today. And we've had some people talking about, you know, Peyton's uh, lack of emotion or something at times. I think interesting in uh, Brian Matthews, who, of course, was on with us yesterday in his story about Peyton and Robbie pointing out, and uh, uh, I'll read you a couple of quotes from Peyton Thorne. He said, uh, uh, quote, I feel like being an older guy, I've had practice uh, at being able to respond when things aren't going great. It's not always going to be calm, though. Some guys think that they you have to respond the right way, and that's just being level-headed at all times. He says, but sometimes – enough's enough and guys need to hear it so there's an element of that too it's not always just hey nice play just this this and this at some point enough's enough and we're either going to change it or we're not that's part of that too so uh we'll see but I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty interesting that both Peyton and Robbie met with the media today all right Dan's on his way in while we uh wait for him to show up let's get back to the drive hotline and Rain Man is up next hey Rain Man Hey, man, how's it going on this sunny,
8: not at all rainy
0: day? Man, it is, uh, yeah, it is a beautiful day.
8: When people say, how do you live in the South and all that heat in the summer? I said, because we get October.
0: Uh, it's, well, this is a longer October. We're getting nicer weather than for a longer period of time than I'm used to. Uh, it's, uh, it's,
8: it's, uh, it's unusually pleasant. Oh, say. yes.
0: What's on hey, your mind, uh, Ray,
8: man? Well, I, you know, I keep saying you know, I, don't, I don't get to watch a lot of the games. I have to listen to them, and then I go back and try to catch them. Uh, replays or uh you know highlights and so I haven't seen a whole lot of the offense but something I noticed in my observation the other day is that when uh Robbie is in the game, it seems that everybody knows he's gonna run the ball. And we do a lot of motions. We bring a, a sweep motion or we shift the running back out or we bring somebody, you know, in, in a motion from somewhere else. And when Peyton's in the game, we line up, we get in formation and we're there seven or eight seconds about shifting or moving anybody with the defense standing right there ready to defend us uh, before we snap the ball. And I didn't go to college and study football, and I'm not a Ph.D. in footballology or uh, offensive strategy. but it's always been my understanding that the reason you bring a guy in motion is you watch how the defense reacts, and that tells you if they're in zone or if they're in man. Is, I, that, is that not traditionally accurate?
0: That, that is true. That is accurate.
8: Yes, And it seems to me that if you have one quarterback who's throwing the ball and the other one who never throws the ball, only runs the ball, you would want to bring people in motion for the one who throws the ball so he can read the defense and see what they're in and that would benefit him. And it seems to me, just on observation, we're almost the exact opposite.
0: Seems like a lot of things. Yeah, it seems like a lot of things don't don't track the way they
8: normally do. You're you're right. You're right it's very confusing to me. Why are we not motioning guys when we're going to have the passing quarterback in? Uh, you know, we're not we're motioning guys. We got the running quarterback in. Yeah, he don't need motion. He, he he's going to run the football. Apparently, everybody on the defensive side of the ball knows that, right?
0: Well, I mean, maybe the thinking, and again, uh, this is just this is me guessing. Maybe the thinking is they think that the motion man's going to get the ball. But that hasn't happened very often. It hasn't. And like I said, maybe if we motioned
8: a man when we had the other quarterback in, we could trick him a little bit. You know, you, you put the same personnel in, and you run the same plays, and then you switch personnel and you run different plays, and then you switch back to the first personnel, and you go back to the first set of plays, you become incredibly predictable in both personnel
0: groupings. Yes, and Auburn is nowhere near talented enough to be predictable so that the defense knows what's coming. No, you're right. Uh,
8: it, it seems we got to find a better identity to what we're doing on offense between one of these two quarterbacks and actually do something useful with them. Nick Marshall used to run this offense, and occasionally he would take the handoff, roll out to the left, and then throw the ball.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. I mean, if Robbie's going to be the quarterback, he's going to have to throw it. Peyton's going to have to be the quarterback. They're going to have to do, do something to, to speed things up. Yes, I agree yeah. with
8: you 100%. All right, well, you guys have a good conversation with Coach Pearl, and uh, we'll uh, holler at you later. I think we got four wins in a row coming. If we just can kind of keep it together a little while longer, we're not facing anybody that's really that much better than us or, be, no. or anything until Alabama.
0: No, I agree with you there, Rain Man. Hey, good All call. You guys have a good one. Appreciate it. Yep, Dan uh, is, is walking, about to walk into the studio right now, so we will get his thoughts here. we got a few minutes before we get to our bottom of the hour break. Uh, yeah, what Ray Mann said makes, makes complete sense. Auburn has, has been, it, it appears, that defenses have a really, really good idea what's coming, de- depending on who's in. That's one of the things we talked about back in the, in the uh, preseason, that you don't want to have, uh, you don't want to telegraph what, what you're doing. I mean, such as the double pass last week, which – uh, what wasn't much of a surprise, and Auburn seems to have done that a little bit too much, a little too much, uh, uh, just obvious. Now we'll see the the quality of the competition definitely uh, steps down for the next few ball games. And that's not a knock against Mississippi State, but let's state Vandy, Arkansas, and New Mexico State are not anywhere near any of Texas A and M, Georgia. LSU or Ole Miss. So this is Auburn's opportunity to, um, to see if they can iron things out and, and build a little confidence as they head down the stretch and, you know, try to build a little momentum on the field. 321 three, 1390. That's the drive hotline. Dan Peck making it in from the, from the practice field, uh, Dan any anything that uh, caught your eye over there?
9: I feel like I'm only going to do a couple of minutes and we're going to throw to the Bruce interview in the next segment. So uh think,
0: well we are going to do it to Bruce but I mean but you know I've been working hard we, today though. We've been seeing oh, it. Oh I know you have. You've you been seeing it. We, you've, you've been you put in longer hours than I've ever seen you put in during right, a day. Right
9: to get this Bruce interview. I, again, shout out to uh, Marlene and everybody in the Auburn Athletic Department for helping get us Bruce Pearl thrilled that he's able to uh, uh, That we are able to get an exclusive interview uh, with him that we're going to run in the next segment and yeah hope hope to hear uh more from Bruce in the coming uh, weeks and months here on ESPN 1067. You know, however we, uh, however we make it happen, but it's really cool. Yeah, to it's us. tough
0: for us, obviously, because they practice while we're on the air most of the time. So,
9: But two weeks before Auburn Baylor and uh, with Auburn AUM next week. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to get to talk to, uh, you know, we're going to get to play some of what Bruce had to say. As for the practice, as for the viewing window. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett looks great. You know that was something. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we were. I I was
0: asking Andy about that.
9: Um, And I would, I would say it doesn't. Nothing looks all that different. I remarked to, to, to to, to one of the beat writers at the practice. Just like last week, it, it feels like they're preparing to throw the ball. Like if I, if I had to guess based on what we get to see in the viewing window.
0: Well, we talked about Mississippi State struggles
9: defensively against the pass. But I would have, I would have guessed that last week, too. And then, and then Auburn went an entire quarter without a pass attempt, trying to play very cautious and very conservative football. I just think – and here, here's one difference, though. Against Ole Miss – let me know what you think of this theory, Bill. Against Ole Miss, the offense maybe has to be a little bit more cautious because if you make a mistake, you put Ole Miss's offense in a really good spot.
0: Right. It's tough enough – because they can go the length of the field very quickly.
9: Maybe you're less afraid of putting Mississippi State's offense in a great spot than you are Ole Miss's offense, and so you I might see that. Maybe you're a little bit more aggressive offensively against Mississippi State because you feel like, well, if you turn it over at midfield against State, it's not automatically points. If you turn it over at midfield against Ole Miss, they might be they might be scoring in a couple of plays. Golly,
0: that makes me think that uh, maybe maybe. Zach Garnett's thinking the same thing, and what we were thinking could be a low-scoring game. Maybe both teams just come out and sling it like
9: crazy. Well, if I'm, I'll tell you what. If I've got Will Rogers, I don't know why you'd do anything else.
0: Well, they've been doing a lot.
9: I know, I know. Else, now if it's Mike Wright, like that's a that's a different kind of quarterback, Mm -hmm. and he's someone who's an incredibly effective runner. I remember Mike Wright from Media Days last year uh, had the he had some sort of like jewel encrusted uh, ant. And it was on, on as a as a as a button on his suit. And he talked about how this this particular kind of ant had it was like this. He, he could he could lift eleven times its own body weight. And he picked it because he felt like he was lifting up his his teammates by carrying his team. Well, by being there at Media Days, okay. he was he was representing the Vanderbilt offense that year, and and thought you know that that was sort of the mentality all the players needed to have that they need to be you know stronger than I don't know. He he, he said it better than I did. Uh, but he's a he's a good player, but not. Necessarily an air raid, right. uh, Not an air raid type. And if, uh, if if you have if you have somebody like if you, if we'll see what happens with Rogers and, and Will Wright or, or with uh, Rogers and Mike Wright, I I was saying to somebody earlier today, Bill, it feels like you you don't want college football to become a thing where you say, oh, that guy made a mistake by finishing his career at his alma mater. Like, what was he thinking? If there's anyone you'd say that about. I mean, isn't I mean, doesn't it feel like Will Rogers had opportunities had he left mm-hmm. in the portal after the season to play? It's hard. He, yeah, it, it is. It's
0: hard to criticize someone who loves the school that he chose out of high school. Yeah, it just, it seems like, stays. The,
9: you know, the, the, the grass. I, look, and, and kudos to him for sticking it out at his, you know, at a school where he's been playing mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Um, I guess it's unfortunate that he's not having the kind of season that you'd hope someone would have in their in their final go round at a school where they've put in that kind of service uh, because I think he's a quarterback who like given the right situation around him, I think he's good enough to have a team in the top ten or the top twenty five. Is that do you think I'm maybe overstating? I don't how know. Good we're I don't.
0: That's one thing we don't know yet, and that's one of the right. reasons I think why NFL scouts went they're a little skeptical because his passes he throws so many short passes. Yeah, he hasn't been called on, and we don't know if it's because he's not as good at it. But to throw the ball 15 to 25 yards downfield.
9: I'd love to see him on, like, a talented Big 12 team mm-hmm. to see what he could do against maybe offenses that don't have – Mississippi State's kind of battling on uphill against SEC defenses uh, more often than not. But, yeah, that, that's a uh, – you know, I, if, if Auburn gets more aggressive offensively, regardless of who's playing quarterback, I think you could have – you could have more points. You could also have more sacks and turnovers. You could make it more of a mm-hmm. roller coaster. Is the risk worth the reward
5: that's uh, mean, maybe
0: I, maybe we um, you know maybe we see something different Saturday stay tuned all right speaking of stay tuned uh, stick around because when we come back our interview with Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl here on the Tuesday drive Bill and Dan with the drive on espn 106.7, and we are very pleased to be joined by Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl, coach, how are you doing today?
10: Phil Dan, I'm doing great, and it's great to be with you talking to Auburn basketball.
0: Oh, absolutely. We're about to get down to it. You've got a couple of opportunities now to see your guys against someone other than yourselves with the uh with the AUM exhibition next Wednesday and the secret scrimmage against Furman coming up before you head to the Black Hills. <laughs> the secret scrimmage against Who you said it was against. Well, I don't know. It's it's, a secret, isn't it? It's not such a
10: secret, I guess. But, uh, no, you're right. We we need to play against somebody else. Uh, It's time to play against somebody else. And part of the reason is we're tired of beating on each other. Uh, We know each other's tendencies so well, it's hard to run our stuff. Um, And we need to go up against some other people that do things differently just to really get exposed and to see where we're at, uh, to see what's good, to see what's bad, see what's ugly, and then like you said, can we in the next week to 10 days prior to opening up with Baylor – Make the adjustments that we need to make uh, to be able to start winning basketball games right away,
9: Coach. I imagine it's been a, a different off season uh, because last year you had a lot of returning players at guard. This year you've been working in some new faces. Fans want to know how's the point guard battle. If you feel comfortable describing it as a battle, I know you, you stress competition, yeah. but I think folks want to know. You know how, how are uh, how are things shaping up at point guard this year?
10: No, I think it's a great question, and I also think that. By even using that frame, it gives me a chance to talk about something that I absolutely haven't talked about, and that is this. There is great competition in every position, and I'll even take point guard specifically. Um, you know, Trey Donaldson uh, returned to try to be our starting point guard. He is a tremendous multi-sport athlete. I mean, Trey Donaldson's a great baseball player. He's a great football player. He's a great basketball player. He's a great kid. And he wants to start really bad. He wants to be the leader on his team. And he certainly is going to be one of our leaders. Um, And yet, he has gone out of his way teaching, educating, molding, talking, encouraging, supporting Aiden Holloway every single day so that Aiden can learn the system and understand the system while he's trying to beat him out to be the starter. And it's just an incredible thing that you don't see many different places in life that you see sometimes on a sports team, and that's really been the case at a number of different positions on our team. Now I hope that helps us be a great team. I hope it's something that God's going to bless and 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 can help lead us to victory. But I am so proud. And Aiden coming in wasn't even was was not expecting it, but saw it and was blown away by it. And you know what? Now Aiden, when he is in that situation as a returning point guard, he has an opportunity to have learned so much from what Trey ha- has done, and that's taking place at almost every position.
0: Coach, uh, speaking of competition, Cheney, has, uh, Cheney Johnson has talked about Jalen sort of doing the same thing, and and you have – such uh, such depth now at multiple positions. I know you've talked about and been asked time and time again, well, are you ready to announce your starters? You have so many different opportunities to see different lineups and that's what the next couple of couple of ball games before you open the regular season is gonna give you the opportunity.
10: Yeah, it, it is. And, and and part of it's gonna be, you know, who's gonna start and who's gonna finish and then, um, and what combinations of players are better together and why. Um, and, and so, you know, some of that is, some of that is, is something that we've got to, you know, we'll come to, you know, through the, through this competition, uh, and come to it, you know, pretty quick right now. I feel pretty good about 11 guys that are on our roster. Um, and, um, having the opportunity to be able to contribute and play, uh, AD would be the 12th guy. And, and he has done a great job in practice helping Janai and Dylan and all of our frontline guys get better. He's really athletic. He's got a chance to be a really good player for us uh, if we get an injury or down the road. But right now uh, I feel good about about uh, about 11 guys being able to play right away.
0: And of those 11, four of them are, are seniors. you got a couple of graduate students. A lot of experience, especially there in the front court.
10: Well, the front court is is very experienced. Uh, you know, Dylan Carwell and Jai Broom at five. Uh, you know, they uh, I think together uh, is there a chance that they could be the best center in the SEC? We'll see. You know, Dylan has got great ability to rebound and defend, block shots, and guard multiple positions, and he's phenomenal in the air, finishing. Um, and Jai, he's got that old school back to the basket game. There, he's Janai's an outstanding passer. Dylan's become a pretty good passer. And uh, they're both physical, and they are both got some experience. So, you know, together they're going to be a factor. Chaney Johnson and Jalen Williams are going to play that fourth spot, and they're both, uh, they're both really, really good. They're, 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 they're athletic. Uh, they can shoot the ball. They can put the ball on the floor. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're better in the front line, you know, right now this year. Um, you know, we're going to miss Alan Flanagan's toughness and his physicality. The way Al was playing towards the end of his uh, season last year was so so good, and um, 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 but I, 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 I'm, Chris Moore um, is is playing the best basketball of his career. His physicality, his toughness, um, you know, his experience, and then Chad Baker, um, <laughs> he's got what you call it. He's got a lot of it. He knows the game. He understands the game. He's got a great feel for the game. He's got passion for the game. He can shoot it. He can put it on the floor. He can pass it. He's got long arms. He could be, you know, could be a factor. Hopefully, defensively, he's got to improve a little bit. But uh, and then Leor Berman, you know, as a as a fifth year senior, you know, guy that can shoot the ball and got a physicality to him and toughness. And I mean, we've got we've got we've got you know, like I said. 11 strong and Katie Johnson and, and Denver Jones at the two spot. Those guys can both score. They can both defend. They're both athletic. Um, and um, you know, we'll see. We'll just see. And, and let it's not where you start. It's where you finish. So we'll see where we're at pretty soon. And then the bottom line is because this team is so new, this team has a lot of room to grow and improve.
9: Coach, the the transfer portal is is bigger than ever. The marketplace for coaches looking for talent in the offseason seems to be larger than ever before. I'd love to know, what was it about Denver Jones, Cheney Johnson, and Chad Baker-Mazzara that made them the right fit of all the players out there in the transfer portal to come to Auburn?
10: Well, I mean, I think the fact that both Cheney and uh, Denver had Alabama ties. Um, That was huge. You know, local kids that grew up at a time when they saw Auburn basketball become nationally competitive and probably in the back of their minds or their heart of hearts, you know, would love to have played for Auburn at some point uh, and Auburn basketball at some point. You know, not many kids in the state of Alabama grew, grew up wanting to play Auburn basketball, maybe during Charles Barkley's era or maybe during Chris Porter's era, but certainly during Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and Jared Harper's era there are kids that are growing up in Alabama wanting to play at Auburn, and and those two kids are, are one of them. And then Chad Baker, you know, was a guy that wasn't heavily recruited, but I give my staff, um, and I give us credit for studying. And, and, and really, we did the same thing with Denver. We did the same thing with Chaney. We studied their, their games and studied their movements and studied their analytics and just felt like – and determined they're going to be good players at this level. Now, we're going to find out whether we were right. Now, we were right about Walker Kessler or KD Johnson. We were right about Jeff Jasper and, and, and Wendell Green. We were right about Jani Broom. Those have been the, the, the transfers that we brought in the last couple of years, and let's see if we're right about these guys.
0: And pig, uh, piggybacking off Dan's question and your answer there, I mean, recruiting is so much different than it was just a few years ago with the transfer portal now. You don't see – uh, development developmental type players recruited as much signed as much out of high school.
10: No, you know what? Teams are trying to get old and stay old, um, and 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 you're right. There's a difference between an 18 year old freshman and a 22 22 year old man.
9: Coach, I, I would love to know sort of the thought process that goes into deciding the out-of-conference schedule. It seems like an ambitious out-of-conference schedule cool this year. And, uh, and, and I know you've talked in the past about wanting to give this team experience before conference play starts and before the postseason starts, that they're, fami- you know, that they're comfortable going into unfamiliar environments. You'll, you'll go into some unfamiliar places uh, before, before SEC play gets going this year.
10: It's probably a little too ambitious, to be honest with you. Um, And, but part of it is trying to stay nationally relevant. You know, I don't get on ESPN one of the early games unless I go to South Dakota and play Baylor. Um, Nobody wanted to play Notre Dame in New York because it's like a home game for the fighting Irish uh, in New York City. Um, You know, USC is a great opponent. And, uh, you know, Indiana, um, you know, just, you know, it's just, but, and then playing some of the, the teams that we play, um, you know, it's just, it's about believing in your kids, and uh, knowing that if you if you play this kind of non-conference schedule, I think the 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 history of the NCAA tournament has been that you're going to be rewarded uh, by the committee with opportunity to play, and they, they recognize teams that dodge the bullet, and they recognize teams that try to schedule tough, and and and, and they've always rewarded it as long as we, as long as you win enough games. And it'll be challenged to win as many games, perhaps, as we have in the non-conference in years past. Um, but it is still all about, you know, winning enough and keeping our confidence, uh, even though we could have a few setbacks uh, as we as we get through this thing, um, and preparing us for the SEC season.
0: From the uh, from the few times we've had an opportunity to see, since you guys are practicing a lot of the time while while we're on the air, this looks like a much improved shooting team. Is your major concern still defense as you head into the season?
10: Yeah, I think I think we're probably a little farther ahead offensively, um, and a little farther behind defensively. And uh, these are the, 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 one of the things about learning uh, the game is, 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 is most of the kids can score. It's just the, what separates the kids is the ones that can defend.
9: Coach, Janai took it to the limit with the NBA draft uh, this offseason and and we were on pins and needles on our show waiting for his official decision it seemed like uh, he really improved his stock from the beginning of the offseason until it was the deadline to decide whether or not to come back to college basketball what improvements have you seen in Janai's game since he got here since last season ended and uh, and and yeah what what do uh were you were you as nervous as we were about whether or not he was going to come
10: back Well, I think that Janai wanted to test the waters and he also wanted to get feedback uh, from the next level. Um, When you get, when you if he didn't test it and he didn't get any feedback, then he could come back to what's going to be difficult and going to be challenging. I'm not easy to play for and, and, and recognize, um, man, maybe I could have gone. Maybe I should have gone. He got information that he was close, but he wasn't want to get, was not going to get drafted where he wanted to go. And so therefore it, it made the decision to come back, go to school, stay in the weight room, work on your game, um, all the more easy. So just being more of a factor, defensive end, being more being more agile, um, expanding his range a little bit. You know, he shot the three ball a little bit. He's going to shoot it a little bit more this year, um, and and then putting himself in position, you know, to be able to uh, to be able to get drafted.
0: And it's great. He comes back as the uh, preseason All SEC Center, and everybody really looking forward to that. I, I had one other thing. As we were when we first got started, I mentioned the the secret scrimmage. What what are your what is your thought on that? What is the purpose of nobody's supposed to know what what happened in the? In well,
10: the, it just it just allows you the nobody's supposed to know thing, so sort of allows you to schedule you know who you want to schedule. Um, it's early. You're not a ava- You're not. You're not. Um, held responsible for it. You win, you lose. It doesn't go on your record. Let you work on different things. Uh, let you work on different alignments, let you experiment. Uh, you know, sometimes you play, you know, 40 minutes. Sometimes you play 45 or 50 minutes. You know, you, you, you change, you wipe the score off at halftime. You keep stats, but nobody is supposed to get the stats. The idea is just, it's a, it's, it's private so you can make some mistakes and, and not, don't have to be held accountable for everything. Um, and um, you try to play against somebody that's good. Uh, the last mm-hmm. two years we played UAB and playing against Andy Kennedy's teams the last two years in those secret private scrimmages have done have been really good to help us get prepared.
9: Coach, I really enjoy the way you and your assistant coaches and your players support the other Auburn programs as uh, as publicly as you do, including uh, Coach Harris's uh, women's basketball team, which has their season starting soon. I'd, I'd love to know more about your relationship with Coach Freeze, uh, you know, the new new Auburn head football coach in his first year and, and, and sort of uh, how you've, uh, you know, whether or not you already yep. knew him and, and how you've uh, come to know him better uh, as, as Auburn you know, coaches knew, these last few months.
10: I knew Hugh, first of all, as a fan just watched his career and watched it what he'd done and watched you know what a brilliant mind he had and and he won big time at some really hard places and then I got to know him a little bit through coach Melzahn because he and Gus were really good friends and Gus was our coach and Gus and I were really good friends and um I also uh, my son Stephen got to know Hugh a little bit um and and through that same relationship and I always kind of appreciated the way Hugh treated Steven and the respect and the, the, their own personal relationship. Um, and so then when, you know, when John Cohen was looking for, you know, looking for a new football coach, you know, we had, we had a little insight. We had a relationship there and got to know each other a little bit through the process and I knew how badly he wanted to be at Auburn and, and I knew what a great fit he would be at Auburn. Um, And I know how hard he's working to try to have this team still be a part of the resurrection of Auburn football. And he's going to get it done. And he would very, very much like for this team to be a part of the kickstart a little bit as to what's going to happen in the future. It's going to happen in the future. Um, There's no question about that. A great man, great family man, uh, really, really loves the kids. Um, He's about discipline um, and it's about th- he's, he's got he's got some old school in him, which I really like about him. Um, he's honest um, and, and, and he knows what he needs to do. I don't think there's anybody out there more qualified for this job right now. Um, and he inherited a, a, a really, 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 really uh, difficult situation. One of the most difficult first years for for any coach to ever come into the SEC and, and and he's and you know, he's got us where we're competitive and I know he'd like to try to finish the season off. Um in the right way.
0: And there's no question that uh, Bruce Pearl can relate to everything he was just saying about that expert analysis is what that's called. Absolutely. Coach C where there are, there are a few standing room only tickets for AUM and uh, some of the, a few of the non-conference games. So we'd encourage folks to go ahead and and, uh, snap those up. We really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us here on the, on the show this afternoon,
10: man. It's great to be with you guys. You guys do a phenomenal job. It's great to have you guys part of our team, and and uh, I think people will really enjoy uh, the effort and energy this team is going to pr- uh, provide, um, and uh, we'll see if it's uh, good enough to win.
9: And this is the first season we're going to have Auburn men's basketball on Wings 94.3 here locally in the area. We are thrilled to be carrying uh, games for you and your team, Coach.
10: I appreciate you guys. War
2: Eagle.
5: Take care.